You're listening to the Northwestern Campus Ministry Podcast from Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. Northwestern Campus Ministry exists to send students out as those rooted, built up, and established in Christ for God's glory and for the sake of the world. Thanks for listening and enjoy this recent message from our Christian Formation Program. Good morning, Raiders. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, I, I walked this morning actually to campus and I was just super glad I made it before it started raining. Uh, I, so I got a little bit of a taste of what you guys uh, do on a regular basis walking across campus, but it's really good to be with you uh, this morning. I titled uh, today's talk encounters with Jesus, Peter. Uh, and we're going to be looking at some stories this morning of Peter, and we're, we're going to focus on one verse from 1 Peter that uh, Peter actually wrote, and this is what the passage says. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I don't think Peter was just writing this passage to the church people during his day. I think this verse could have been a reflection on Peter's life. Someone chosen, someone royal, someone called out of the darkness into the light. Later in Peter, he writes how God will restore us and make us strong and firm and steadfast. But what Peter did for Jesus in choosing and calling royal and called out of darkness into light, he will do for each of us as well. Peter was a fisherman, and fishermen in that day were considered manly with hot tempers and vulgar language. They were men of action and very physical and unafraid of others. If some of you here are thinking, hey, that is totally me, because you're manly and hot-tempered and have vulgar language and maybe unafraid of others, think again. Fishermen were also uneducated, and so because you're sitting here at Northwestern, that is not you. The impact of Peter's life, though, can be summed up in just this short chapel message or even in a few of them because his influence is rich with knowledge and application and many relevant messages. But this morning, I want to focus on a few notable points about Peter and his example for each of us. If Peter were to post on Instagram or maybe be real, those would be, these would be some of the photos we might see. First of all, Peter was sinful. Yet he became a part of Jesus' inner circle. Three of the Gospels list Peter as the first disciple called by Jesus. I love how Luke tells the story of Jesus' calling Peter. Peter and Jesus are having this sincere moment at the beginning of their relationship. And upon seeing the miracle of fish on an otherwise barren fishing trip, Peter realized his sinful state and gives glory to the Lord before him by falling to his knees and saying, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Yet, Jesus looked at this wicked man and said, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. What? 
After his words, Peter and the other three drop everything, including their very identities as fishermen and journey with Jesus. But this was just the beginning of the journey with Peter and Jesus. Peter continued to make mistakes and mess up time and time and time again. But Jesus, in his kindness and in his compassion, loved Peter wholeheartedly and continued to use him in the kingdom's work. I think what we can learn from Peter about Jesus is this close-knit relationship proves that he longs for intimacy with his followers. Normal, everyday people like Peter and like me and like you. Jesus took an uneducated, sinful man and loved him, and Jesus will do the same with each of us. I can relate to this story of Peter. There have been many times in my life when I've wanted to make excuses on why Jesus shouldn't love me. My actions or thoughts don't always show the likeness of Jesus in my life. Things that I have said, the way that I have treated people, or mostly the way that I drive. When Jesus comes to me, I I want to say what Peter said, Jesus, please just leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. But even in Peter proclaiming himself a sinner, Jesus speaks identity into him. And this is true for me. And the same is true for you. We can all come with our excuses, but Jesus says, I love you. We say, yeah, but my sin. But Jesus says, yeah, tell me about it. Let my blood on the cross take care of that for you. The more time that Peter spent with Jesus, the more he really understood who Jesus was. In fact, when Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. If that were a one question exam for Peter, he would have aced it. He would have nailed it. It would have been 100%. Peter discovered who Jesus was and he declared it. I imagine Peter felt pretty good about himself. I don't know what the scene looked like, but if I were Peter, I would have showed off to the rest of my 11 friends and said, hey, did you see what I just did? I I nailed it. I got the question right. Why didn't you answer it? Did you see that? I know who Jesus is. Do you know who Jesus is? But this was not for long. Jesus tells them what is to happen next, and this is heading, that he's heading to Jerusalem where he will die and rise again. Peter, full of himself, takes Jesus aside and says, never, that will never happen to you. Peter's saying, Jesus, have you forgotten what I just said to you? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're not gonna suffer and die Peter had his own ideas about what the Messiah would do. So Peter straightens Jesus out, which FYI is a really bad idea. But I can relate to this part of Peter too. I grew up going to church my whole life. I went to Christian school. I knew all the right answers. I would ace the test. I had scripture memorized. But also, like Peter, I was missing who Jesus really was. And when I was in high school, I realized that I was living a religion about Jesus and didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe some of you can relate. But it gets worse for Peter. Here is an epic fail. 
On the last night of Jesus' life, as they were sharing the Last Supper, Jesus warned his friends that they were going to fall away from him, and Peter pipes up, Lord, even if all the others fall away, I never will. You have to love that Peter was all in. Jesus told him, Peter, tonight before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter was horrified. Lord, I would never disown you. Even if I have to die, I would never disown you. I really do believe that Peter was sincere and that he meant every word he said here. But later that night, Jesus was arrested and the disciples ran off into the dark. But Peter... Peter, with his bold promise, said, I never will, followed the mob. Peter was warming himself by the fire while Jesus was being tried. And a girl recognized him. Hey, you're one of them. You were with Jesus. Peter, uh, nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Strike one. Peter walked away from the fire towards the gate where another girl said, I recognize you. You were with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter once again, nope, I swear I don't know the man. And a little while later, a man approached Peter. You are one of them. Your Galilean accent gives it away. Peter swore and called down curses on himself. As God is my witness, may he damn me if I'm not telling the truth. I do not know the man. Strike three. Just then the rooster crowed and Jesus turned and looked straight into Peter's eyes. And Peter remembered what Jesus said. And he ran out of the courtyard weeping. Peter is a bundle of contradiction. On the one hand, he was courageous enough to follow Jesus right into the high priest's courtyard. On the other, his courage failed him when he faced the possibility of being arrested. On the one hand, he promises devotion to death, and on the other, he disowns Jesus at the first sign of danger. Peter's tears tell us a lot about him. He, he was earnest about his promise and heartbroken about his failure. But Jesus specializes in healing broken hearts. And this brings me to the last photo. I would caption this Peter's restoration, and I think this is one of the most important photos of Peter's life. The scripture doesn't share with us, but I often wonder what it was like for Peter after he denied Jesus. I wonder what he went through his head. How did he replay those moments in the courtyard over in his mind? Maybe some of you can relate. I know I can. Those moments when we do something or we say something and we regret it, we really regret it. We replay those events over in our minds What would have happened if I would have? What could I have done differently if I had the chance to do it over again? I think often our failures and mess-ups can often follow us everywhere. And even after Jesus' resurrection, Peter's failure followed him. Even though Jesus was alive, but Peter probably like, was like, what, would Jesus even talk to him? Would, would he even want me to follow him? 
If I were Peter, I wouldn't understand why Jesus would want such a colossal screw-up, carrying the shame and the frustration and the guilt of denying Jesus. And so what did Peter do in this moment? He returned to what he knew best. Peter went fishing and he took some of his friends with him. This was Peter going back to his old job. This was Peter giving up on being a disciple. Peter and his friends fished all night and they caught nothing. This was deja vu all over again to when Jesus called Peter. But early in the morning, Jesus arrived on the shore, but they didn't know it was him, and he called out, friends, do you have any fish? No, they shouted, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. They thought, well, why not? Nothing else has worked. They hadn't caught anything all night, so they did, and suddenly the net was full of fish that they couldn't haul it to the boat. And at this point, John recognized that it was Jesus, and he turned to Peter and said, it's the Lord. Peter heard this, and he jumped into the water to be the first to shore. Once again, he's a bundle of contradictions. The guy who led the leaving to go fish is now the first one to jump in the water to get to Jesus. Jesus invites them to eat breakfast with him on the beach and have a chat. But there was silence. The silence was broken by Jesus, and he turned to Peter and said, Simon, do you love me more than these? Perhaps as Jesus said this, he swung his hand toward the boat and the net full of fish. Do you love me more than your old life? Do you love me enough to let go of all of this and come back and follow me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. The interesting thing here is Jesus used the Greek word agape, the the highest word for love, the the love of pure commitment of another's well-being. But Peter answered with the word phile, the word for affection or friendship or brotherly love. This would be like a guy telling a girl, I love you, and she says, let's just be friends. Simon, do you love me? Uh, Lord, I really like you a lot. Peter had overpromised and undelivered before and was still stinging from his failure. He wasn't about to make the same mistake again. I really like you, Lord, a lot. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, do you love me? Do you agape me? And Peter responded, yes, Lord, you know I feel you. I really like you a lot. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus asked one more time, Simon, do you feel me? Do you really like me? And Peter was grieved that Jesus asked him this and said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I feel you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. The three times that Peter disowned Jesus was now restored and redeemed, and Peter was back in the game. This is one of my favorite stories, and one of my the things that always speaks to me is the way that Jesus tracks Peter down after all he's failed and deserted him, and Jesus only asks one question, do you love me? Jesus could have put blame on Peter, like, hey man, we hung out for three and a half years, and when people asked if you knew me, you're like, uh, no. Like, 
Why'd you lie to those people? I even warned you. Jesus could have showed up and said so many things to Peter in that moment. Shame, accusation, blame. Jesus didn't ask, why did you disown me? Why did you lie? Why are you, what are you doing back fishing? He didn't do any of that. He just showed up and Jesus says, do you love me? Some of you need to hear this. You've failed, you have fallen, you've crashed like Peter, you think Jesus is probably done with you, but he's not. He's just asking, do you love me? And notice when Peter was unwilling or unable to use the higher word for love, Jesus accommodated him. It's like Peter said, Lord, I don't wanna overpromise again. I really like you, I'm your friend. And Jesus said, okay, I'll take that and we'll go from there. Do you love me? Yes, I do, Jesus, but even my best love is weak. And Jesus understands and takes us where we are. If I had a foghorn or something right now, I would play it. If your friends aren't paying attention or not listening, that's fine. But if you don't hear a single thing that I say this morning, just listen to these last two minutes, please. That's all I ask, just for two minutes if you've been zoning out this whole time. I think we can all find ourselves in many places in this story of Peter, the one I shared or other stories. Maybe you find yourself entering into a relationship with Jesus like Peter when he was called by Jesus, nervous or excited like Peter when Jesus first showed up to him, feeling a little unsure. Or maybe you find yourself too sinful to be in relationship with Jesus and there's no way that he would want someone like you. Or maybe you find yourself like Peter in the courtyard. You're denying knowing who Jesus is or even worse, you're running the other direction from him. Or maybe you find yourself as Peter on the beach with Jesus and you have found your way back to him after a time away a time of disappointment and that Jesus has a job for you to feed his sheep and take care of his lambs. Or maybe you've been with Jesus the entire time. But no matter where we find ourselves in the story with Peter, we can all be grateful that our identity is in Jesus and we can be thankful that Jesus forgives us when we mess up. As we grow in maturity in Christ, we also gain strength in combating the world and its pitfalls. But how sweet is it that when we fail, the Lord loves us enough to look into our sweet eyes and tell us that we are chosen, that we are called, that we are royal sons and daughters, that we've been called out of darkness and into light. Personally, I would prefer it on a day like today to be on a beach with coffee with Jesus, maybe not serving fish and bread for breakfast. But Peter went on from this encounter with Jesus to proclaim his name to the ends of the earth. Peter lived an extraordinary life following Jesus and the encounters with Jesus on the lake when he called Peter to follow changed his life. 
Peter didn't always get it right. He didn't always get it perfect. But we know that the many encounters that Peter had after this too changed his life. The love of Jesus transformed Peter's life. Where would Peter be without Jesus? And I ask the same thing of us. Where would each of us be today without Jesus? Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you call us, you have chosen us, and you call us sons and daughters, that you take us out of darkness and bring us into light. God, no matter where we find ourselves in the story of Peter, we are grateful that our identity comes in you. Whether we've been following you for years, whether we've been following you for a day, or whether we haven't chosen yet to follow you, God, you see us and you know us and you love us. And you look intimately into our eyes and say, do you love me? And Jesus, we say today, we love you. In your name we pray, amen.